Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. You know, for us, for people who are my age, 20 years feels like 1980, 1990. It's actually 2000, which is really weird. When I hit 20 years ago, I think in the 70s. Uh, anyone else think the same? Yep, we're over the hill. Cool. Everyone else is like, nah, that was like recent. But over 20 years ago, you know, there used to be such a hope in, um, in the things we bought, right, in the, in the job you had. You know, back in the day, your parents would say, if you got a job with this company, you're set. Like there was this assurance that if you got a job with the big branded companies that you would always have a job. Do you guys remember that back in the day? Do you remember that? Yeah. What about the appliances you bought? Remember like my mother-in-law would say, um, she'd be like, you know, there's a washing machine I had for 30 years. It's still the good. And it's like, wow, that's so good. She'll brag about it. My TV is the first one to come to Australia. You know, like, like things would just last, right? You would have hope. She's not watching this right now. She doesn't have internet. So we're good. <laughs> she doesn't have internet because 30 years ago. No, and so you could have hope and assurance for the things uh, back in the day. But today is a very different story. I don't trust what I buy anymore. Like what, what, when we buy something new, what do we go after? We go after one word and it's called warranty. We go, hey, if I'm about to buy this, do I have your assurance that it's going to last more than five years? And they're like, oh, your warranty says it will. I'm like, no, nah, this is only going to last four years. I know it will, you know. So we don't have the same hope as we did back in the day. And over time, this hope we have in the things around us and in, in, in what we buy, um, like, like the hope we had in our jobs, even in our society, it can be fickle. And, and COVID has taught us that. We can't put our trust and hope in the things around us the way we used to because there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. Does that make sense? Do you hear where I'm going with this? But rather our hope must be established in something or rather someone with much more solid foundation. One that doesn't change over time. One that doesn't break down from overuse over time. One that is completely stable and secure. And no matter what's going on around us, there is a hope that is everlasting. A hope that we can bank our whole life on. And that is in one name, Jesus says this in Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, 19, 23. Therefore, brothers, since we have a confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full. Everybody say full. In full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us take a hold. Let us take hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. There is a warranty and a guarantee from heaven given to you, washed in blood and saying this hope you have in Christ is unwavering hope. Better than your parents' washing machine for 30 years. It will not break down over time. But what is hope? So we're talking about eternity in this month. And I want to bring a message about an eternal hope. 
that we have a hope that's better than what is around us today. This is what hope is. See, hope is believing for a desirable outcome for something or someone we hold close. So without even knowing it, hope is infused in every part of our lives. For all of us, say all of us. For all of us, hoping is so natural and frequent that we lose sight of the significant in it as it shapes us and our belief system. Hoping in is in everything we do. We hope everything. There's always, there's always something that we're hoping for. And so often we start to lose hope in life because what we hope for is so f- frequent is not being met by our desirable expectation. And we begin to lose heart and we become hopeless. Have you ever hoped in something and it never was given to you? Have you ever ever had a trust put in something and it was just taken away and you start to feel hopeless? Well, this morning I want to share one great word and that is this. There is hope. There is hope. You know, I love listening to Hope 103 too. And their slogan is... Jesus, that's cool. (laughs) There's always hope. There's always hope. When things seem hopeless, there's always hope. When you can't see past the tunnel, you can't see what's in front of you, there's always hope. And that hope is only found in Christ and nothing else and nothing more. We have an eternal hope. Say to your person next to you, there's always hope. Hey, there's always hope. Shake him. There's always hope. Whatever you're going through, there's always hope. Whatever you're facing, there is always hope. And that hope is in Christ. Hmm. See, from the smallest concerns to our greatest needs, our lives are shaped and directed and motivated and even frustrated by hope. Would you agree? Like the Bible warns us that if our hope, that if our hope disappoints us, it, it's because our hope rests on the wrong object. We rest our hope in the wrong object. There is only one place to put our whole hope on that is secure, and that is Christ. So if you're feeling hopeless this morning, there is hope. If you feel like you don't see a way, if you're looking for a miracle, there is hope. This world is fickle. We can't put our whole salvation of hope on this world. It must only be on Jesus, and this is what it looks like. To have hope in Jesus, number one, is to mean that hope is actually certain. It's guaranteed hope. There's a certain guaranteed hope in Christ. When we talk about hope, we don't talk about the, the, you know, the hope as the world says. You know, we say things like, oh, man, I hope I get this job. Like, I hope you're doing well, Ethan. Like, it's really nice. Like, I hope you're well. Hey, I'm not well. I hope you get better. Like, there's so much sentimental in the, I hope things will turn out. Hey, bro, I hope you're sleeping. I hope, I hope, I hope. But this hope that we, that, that we say, I hope I get this, it's not based on anything substance that is actually going to last. It's this something, like maybe if the planets align and maybe if everything's done well and the universe is kind to me, then maybe I will get what I hope for. It's uncertain certain hope. And that's not the hope that the Bible is talking about. There's an actual certainty about our hope. The hope mentioned in the Bible is not this belief that something or somehow, or maybe it will happen. Maybe it will come through. There is an assured hope, a certain hope, an unwavering hope, something you can base your whole life on because it's not based on chance, but rather it's based on a powerful God that this whole world, He's hanging on together by His very words. That is the hope we have certain on. He 
spoke and light was. He spoke. That's the hope we have certain on this morning. So Hebrews 11.1 says this. Now faith is confidence in what? In what we hope for. Your faith, my faith, is confident in the hope we have. We better make sure we have a confident hope so we have faith as a substance to stand on. So now faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Teaching lesson. If you've ever read this with a comma after now, like I have my whole life, we've been reading that verse wrong. Okay, so the author doesn't say this. Now, comma, faith is this. He's not saying now, comma, this is what faith is. He says now faith, today faith, not yesterday faith, not, not, not what you had faith for yesterday, now active Present faith, the most type, powerful type of faith. You want now faith, it means that you're absolutely confident now in the things that you hoped for. There's assurance that whatever you're hoping for in Christ, in His will, it is as good as done. I have this confidence that you have spoken. I believe it. And now I'm just waiting for the nature to catch up to the supernatural element. It is mine, and I'm waiting for it to come. You know, when Laurie and I bought our home, we, we saw, we said, this is silly, right? But we signed paperwork before the banks ever gave us money, before we were even told that it was, like, we were at the point where people looking at us like, you're packed, your whole unit's done, what are you doing? I know God has spoken. I had this assurance that the money's coming. I've signed the thing. Now, I've done it because of the faith and hope I had that God had spoken to me through His Word. It was mine. I acted on it. I was just waiting for the banks to catch up. They're a little bit too slow for what, how fast my God is moving. But in that moment, I was assured hope. And that's the hope you and I need to be banking everything on. It's the assurance of what we do not yet see. How can I have this assurance? What is it? How, do I, how do I have that? I'm going to look at this one uh, line that Jesus says in John 8, 34. Jesus, he's fed 5,000 people. Now, this is the um, first time ever in history where Jewish people were fed by bread after the wilderness, when manna fell. This is now the first time they've experienced it. And they're like, oh my gosh, bread, a substance is being broken. And they're flipping out. They're freaking. And so that's why they come back to Jesus. And then Jesus says this, I am the bread of of life. Why is, this conf- why is my hope so confident and so sure of Jesus? Because he declared, I am the bread of life. See, the words I am is the exact same two words that Moses heard from God when Moses said, hey, if you want me to go to Pharaoh, who, who am I? Who's sending me? Who do I say is sending me? And God goes, I am is sending you. Jesus speaking, I am, has just called himself God. I am the great I am. I am God and I am the bread of life. You think 5,000 people are satisfied? Come to me. You will never hunger again. You will never thirst again, no matter what you're craving, I can satisfy it. And so if you have a hope in Christ, it's assured because He's always satisfying your every need. 
And only He can do that. And so often we put our hope in other things to satisfy us. We put our hope on our job. This career is going to satisfy the longing inside my heart. I'm going to have a family so that I'm going to put my hope in all this. And then it's satisfied. And then our kids go away and our hope is shaken. I put my hope in everything that Jesus is. And I'm not going to be shaken because He is the great I am. The bread of life. You see, Christian hope looks to God because he said he is the God of hope. Romans 15 says, may the God of hope. He is God of hope. Let us sink in. God is God of hope. Have our, is our hope on God? Because if it's not, it's not certain. And he says, May the, go, he, he, he's, may the God of hope fill you, fill me, say me. May he fill you with all joy and all peace in believing. Why? Why does he want to fill you with all joy and all peace in believing? So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound, abound in hope. Through the Holy Spirit, He fills you with all joy, with all peace, so that you may abound in hope. And then hope will arise. Because without hope, man, imagine walking around with no hope. Wandering through the desert, hopeless. There is hope in Christ. In Hebrews 6, I hope this is speaking to someone. I really hope, I wish we think of the plants are that this is here. <laughs> Every time I preach, I come off the pulpit and then I say a few things. I'm like, oh, remember when you said this? I'm like, hey, just shush, shush, shush. <laughs> so Hebrews 6 says this, 6.19. It says, we have this hope. All right, what is this hope? Let's back up a minute. So this is uh, in Hebrews. We go back a few verses. It says this, when God made his promise to Abraham, so he made a promise to Abraham, Back in the Old Testament, Old Covenant. Since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. And that's something to bank your hope on, that God is a God of his word. Amen. Like he is not a God who lies. So he received what he's promised. But it happened after he waited patiently. Hey, for some of us, you've asked God for something and you're disgruntled because it hasn't happened yet. Wait patiently. It will happen if God has spoken, if you are staying in alignment. Amen. That was for someone. All right. It says his people swear by someone greater than themselves and the oath confirms what he said and puts an end to all arguments. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what he promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that two unchangeable things in which is is impossible for God to lie and who have fled to take a hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. And then it goes to 19. So we have this hope because of everything God has just said in that text. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. It is firm and it is secure and it enters in the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. This is where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. How certain is our hope in God? I just want to establish a firm foundation right now about how well you can trust God himself. Ready? That our confidence is like an anchor. Who's ever been fishing on a boat? 
Yep, I've done that a few times with my family, my in-laws, and I've gotten sick every time because I just get seasick, right? I'm hopeless on the water. But what happens is that my father-in-law uh, or the, whoever it is, they drop the anchor. The anchor goes down, and the boat all of a sudden starts to drift off a little, right? Because you never lay the anchor right where the boat is. The anchor is distant from the boat, okay? So the boat's here, but the anchor could be there in another place. You know what that means? Your boat may be swaying. It might be getting hit by the storms, but the anchor is unaffected because it's in a different location. Our anchor of our soul, the Bible says, is in the innermost parts of heaven where God is seated. The anchor of our hope is not on me. It's not with me now. It's seated right there with Jesus. So no matter what happens to us, our hope is unshaken. That's how certain your and I and hope is on God. It's in with Him. So you may be facing a storm, but it doesn't hit your anchor, your hope, because it's securely with God Himself. You know what? This is why it's interesting. This is why it says in Jeremiah, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord, who have made the Lord their hope and confidence. It says this, They're like trees that are planted along a riverbank with roots that reach, reach deep into the water. Such trees, so if that's, if that's what kind of a tree we want to be, this is what's going to happen. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. And their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Man, we're blessed when we get this revelation. This is the revelation I got. This is the revelation I got. Is that the, is, it's this. It's this. Things might have been, you might not be in the best place. You know, we've had a few words where people are saying, yeah, which is true. We're always piling forward. We're always going forward. We know who we are in Christ. But there are moments where, where, where we're in a battlefield. And, you know, I've just been in a little bit of a season where it's a little hard. Okay? Just in my mind. And that's okay. I'm conquering through. But this is what I know. If I truly have my hope in Christ, it doesn't matter what storm is hitting me. My roots are deep by the riverbed and I'm being nourished despite the weather around me. And I'm going to produce fruit so those around me can feed from it. And I'm going to be strong. My leaves aren't going to wither. And I'm going to be standing still. And people are like, what the heck? How is that even happening? Because my trust is in Christ alone. Amen. There's a certain hope you can have. His hope is there. Number two, what does hope do? Our eternal hope, not only is it certain, but it guides you. It actually guides you. It's really cool. Now, if you're 30 and over, don't answer. Anyone tell me what this thing is? This is a Jeep. What is it, son? My son just used this, the street directory. Yeah you, yeah, you got me home using this. This is a GPS, guys. Before GPSs were GPS. And so if, if you, every, 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 every amazing family had one of these in the glove compartment and then, you know, having to literally follow the streets you are on and goes, I'm on page 214, but I'm, I'm going to head off the page. I've got to go to page 20, but I'm on 214. I've got to go to page 20. Oh, my gosh. And then and by the time you found the page, you're on the wrong turn. And then you're like, what the heck? You're throwing this out. Can you believe it that, the, the, you know, the police won't let you touch your phone and drive, but we were allowed to touch this in the dark. Is that where I dropped the mic? Is that the... Leon's like, no. <laughs> so like, 
when, when my wife and I got married, um, everything was beautiful and bliss until it came to the point where she had to guide me. <laughs> And so we'd be driving, and, and, and I'd be like, honey, which way do I go? She goes, and she's like, she's like hey, and she's turning this around, because you don't hold the book like this. This is the one book that you turn upside down to read. And you turn upside down, and you're like, I think, or I think you've got to turn left. you got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember driving, and she's like, turn left, turn left, turn left. I'm like, turn left. What are you doing? I said, I, I mean right, I mean right. I'm like, you said left. Guide me, woman. What the heck? And then we had to go to counseling. And then I remember one day, I was like, honey, I want us to have our marriage. We're not using this thing. And think, oh, dad, that's yours. I'm so sorry. My dad still uses it. He doesn't have technology. <laughs> sorry, dad. There you go. Page 249 you're on. He forgets how to get home sometimes. <laughs> Mom, don't guide him because I... Yeah, I won't go there. I, I value my life. <laughs> yeah, my wife doesn't know how left her lights right. So, man, when, when this thing came out, it saved our marriage. Anyway... <laughs> The hope we have in Christ is better than your spouse's guidance on how to get to left and right. It's better than a GPS guidance that tells you to turn left only to find out that's a one-way zone or a no-through road or you can't turn left. I'm like, if I follow you, I'm going to get a fine. Why am I listening to you? The Holy Spirit, our hope in Christ, will guide you correctly every step of the way when we listen to His voice. And he knows his lefts and rights, so you can stay assured there. And it says this in Psalm 37, 23, it says this, The Lord directs the step of the godly. Not just anyone on the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Now, though they stumble, anyone stumbled in the dark? Yeah, every hand should be up because otherwise I want your eyesight. <laughs> Though they stumble, they will never fall. Why? For the Lord holds them by their hand. When we choose to live holy lives as godly sons and daughters, the Lord will direct our every step. Why? Because he's genuinely interested in where Tyson is heading. He genuinely cares the direction you go. Tyson, he cares for you so much that he guides your path. Now, your job is to stay and follow that path. So if the path is to the left, when he goes to the left, then you go to the left. We sing it at kids' church, but if he moves to the left, don't go straight. Move to the left. He directs your path Tyson, he's been directing your path, bro. He loves you, man. So the key is to lean in and listen to that voice. Hope guides you. Allow the prompt in the Holy Spirit. See, Josiah last week incredibly said, yield to the Spirit. The only way you can be led is if you surrender your wants for His ways. To surrender your wants. I want to go straight, but surrender means I follow your way, not my wants. Because he knows the path in front better than you know your own path. See, when Jesus calls his disciples, he said, Follow me. Follow me. 
When you follow me, follow me, Jesus. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, I know, you're wearing shorts on stage, it's fine. <laughs> so follow me, Josiah. Follow me. Just follow me. Just follow me. You know this is on live TV, right? <laughs> All of a sudden, he's surrendering which way he wants to go, and he's following my every move because one life that's yielded to the Spirit, one life that is surrendered means whatever Jesus goes, you follow. Whatever he does, I do do with you. Go for it. We love you. Babe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. We love you. It says you would never... When you put our faith in Him, when He guides you, you won't fall. You might stumble. But you never fall because when my kids stumble, that was good acting. Hey, Lucas, Lucas, Curtis. Yep, you see that? Short film. Okay, so when my son, if I'm holding my daughter's hand, when she stumbles, do I let go of her hand? Never. I make sure she does not fall. He's holding your hand. Though you stumble for a moment in life, and we all stumble, it's okay. He will make sure we don't fall if we're holding onto his hand and walking the path he's called us to walk. Amen? And Jesus says this in John 8. It says this when speak, he said, okay. So when Jesus spoke to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will, walk, will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. There he goes and said, he, the, the next I am statement, I am Yahweh God. I am light of this world. If you follow me, you will never walk in darkness again. It, it, it says if you follow, not if you've heard of Jesus, not if you go to church, not if you go to connect group, not if you just worship on a Sunday. See, these elements should cause us to follow Christ, not just know about Christ, but to follow and to imitate. That way we don't walk in darkness. We can know Christ and still walk in darkness because James says if you have hatred in his heart, you're walking in darkness. That's must so good. I love candles, just so you guys know. Get me candles. You know, I've been trying to light this wick before Connect Group once. And, and the moment, it doesn't matter how many times I kept lighting this wick, it would never stay on. I was so angry at this candle. I'm like, this is a very expensive candle. This is worth a lot of money. I know because my boss gave it to my wife and I stole it. And so th I know this is worth a lot of money. Why isn't it working? So you know what you do as a guy? You get seven or ten matchsticks. You don't just go for one. You get ten because it's more cool. And so you get, watch this, ten light up. <sighs> Massive flame on fire. I go put it in and nothing. The wick is dying. And it feels like God showed me something. Why doesn't the wick last? Because the wax that is surrounding the wick is, is, is overshadowing. No matter how much fire you put in there, the wick will stop it from catching a light and you will be in darkness. The wax in our lives, the hurt, the bitterness, the, the non-trust, whatever it is, the, the, the sin that so easily entangles us, that wax needs to be cut off so then He can light us up and we can stay on fire because it doesn't matter how many altar calls you do. It doesn't matter how many worship songs you sing. If you're not cutting the wax from your life, if you're not laying aside the gardener who wants to clip away things that you shouldn't, you will never be a light. I know that for my life. 
Let the cutting happen. And he's not cutting your wick. He's cutting the junk around that wick. Sin. The biggest wax of all time. You know, Jesus says this. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. When you are tempted, He will also provide what? A way out. Hope in Christ can guide you out of a lifestyle of sin if you let Him. Don't stay there and cry. Get up and cry while you're walking out of that sin. It's like the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. I love you. Get up. Sin no more. He guides us through. All right. And the last point is this. Hope will never fail. This hope doesn't fail. So Proverbs tells us that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfillment is a tree. A longing fulfilled is a tree of life. There is a hope that doesn't fail. And that hope is only found in Christ. He will never leave you, never forsaken you. He's always with you. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, but those who say the word, starts with a H, those who, those who, say with assurance, those who hope, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. You feeling weak? Because I know we can get there. I've been there. Feeling weak? Our hope is then in the wrong object. Because it's the hope in the Lord that will never fail is what strengthens you. Okay? It's not, a, it's not an experience. It's not like this. I've went to a service and I was experienced. These, when you come here and you get prayer, it's not an experience. It's an encounter with the living hope, ready to break off anything. Amen? It says this, that was sore. On wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not be faint. Hey, close your eyes for a moment, then I'm going to get you to open them again. Psalm 30 says this, I wait. Just wait. I wait on the Lord. My whole being waits. And in His Word... I put my hope. Allow him to speak, to bring peace, to bring healing, to bring hope. Because it's in his word, not even on my sermon, on his word we put our hope. Trust my sermon. Put all your hope on Him. So if you're putting your hope in anything else, you can open your eyes if you want. But if you're putting your hope in anything else other than His Word, then hope is subject to fail you. 
There is no certainty outside of Jesus. But if you put your hope in His Word and in His promises, then your hope will not fail. I want to end with this. Then we're going to do some ministry if you want, if we need it. Psalm 146. Do not put your hope in princes or in mortal men who cannot save you. Can we honor him this morning? Don't put your hope on man alone. Don't put your whole hope. Like, I honor the pastors and the preachers of the Word of God all around the world. And we honor them, okay? But we don't put our hope on them above our hope on God. That is dangerous, okay? The moment we put our hope on a pastor, the moment you put your hope on Leo and myself, Leon, Josiah, and Tony, and and the moment you put your hope on them over your hope on God, that's when you elevate us to a place where God should be elevated, not man, okay? And so what happens is this. Man will fail you, okay? Because we're flawed beings. We will fail you. We won't call you back. We'll forget to do this. We forget to pray for you and then we might do wrong things and stuff up all around the world and if our hope is in man it will shake your very foundation and it shouldn't we should elevate Christ above all people does that mean you stop trusting in man no you always trust that's why God gave you the fivefold gifts to edify and to build you for maturity. There's got to be a trusting. You need to trust what I say. But you need to trust God more and put Him where He belongs, not, not where I don't belong. Because He never fails. So if you're shaken this morning, if you're disappointed, if you're hurt, if you feel hopeless, if you feel let down, if you feel lost in hope, let hope arise. God wants to heal and He wants to be number one again in your hope. Why don't we close our eyes? Why don't we stand? Stand and close your eyes. Yep. See why my kids have a lot of accidents. Father, right now, for those who feel hopeless, those who put hope above you, the the fickleness of society in our things, in in, in people. You know, I heard someone say, my brother's my rock. Man, if your brother's your rock or your wife's your rock, you're a Get rude for a rude, or get ready for a rude awakening because Jesus is the rock. Everything else we build our lives off is like sinking sand. So, if you place Christ above anything else in your life as hope, you need to come with a repentant heart right now and allow Him to wash you with hope. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. If, if, if you feel like, you know what, I've stuffed up, I'm in sin, I'm in this, I've placed my hope, I'm in this, I'm this, I'm not good enough. You aren't, but He is. Don't own the sin. Don't own the weight. Let it go. Grab onto Him right now. Jesus, I just pray for every single person who's feeling without hope.
It's right now that you would just come and just minister right now, wherever there are hurting people. Maybe they had hope to be in a different place right now, and they're not. I thank you that you'll bring hope. I thank you, Father, that our foundation is built on you. We have hope for a future. So right now, just come and minister to hearts all over. Just receive from him. Just lift your hands if you want. Just whatever it is, pray. Pray it from your heart. Just come and restore right now, right now. You see every single heart. Father, I thank you that you still have a calling and purpose for each and every one of us. Age is not a definitive factor of of not pursuing what you have for us, Father. While we're breathing, you still have a plan for us. So I thank you and I speak hope. I thank you, Holy Spirit, you come and just bring healing. Come and bring restoration. Father, right now, come and bring hope. You are the God of hope. And we just surrender. We just yield to you. We just surrender it. Just surrender it right now. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website ggclife.com or email us ggclife at ggclife.com From our house to yours, be blessed.